Here at the Fantasy Doctors, we use our expertise in the world of sports as well as medicine to bring you the most up-to-date injury news. Our first injury of the day actually broke his back last week. I want Lionel Messi healthy. I want Suarez healthy. Fam, fam. Mo Salah is beasting. I want Ronaldo healthy. I want the whole squad healthy. Seven La Liga title in a span of 10 years. That basically, to me, that means he was concussed. He was knocked out. There was absolutely no competition. We're your hosts, physical therapy students, Andy and Berg. And welcome to the Fantasy Doctors Soccer Podcast. Hello, soccer fans. Episode 16. What is going on, fam? I hope you're excited for the World Cup. It's coming in on Friday, and it's coming in fast, packed with action. I'm excited. I don't have any school on Friday, so you know what I'm going to (laughs) do. It's going to be on the couch the whole day. See, I wish. I mean, we have the World Cup opener on Thursday, and then Friday is jam-packed with games from start to finish the entire day. I cannot wait. I've been waiting four years for this. I don't know about you, Berg, but... Four years went by fast. I'm not going to lie. Especially yeah. after that, that crappy World Cup that we had um, four years ago. Ah, don't get Germany me reminded. Boy, Brazil. Like, what was the score? 8-1? <laughs> I think it was 7, man. I think it was 7-1. But let's put that in the past. Cause yeah, that's true. All those players, I mean, some of them are here to stay. Um, a lot of new blood in this World Cup, which I'm excited to, to kind of get into here. Um, but, yeah, we also have some injury news as well. Um, as well as some some pretty interesting news around the soccer world. Um, let's start it out with Manuel Lanzini for um, Argentina, the midfielder. He is out for the World Cup. He tore his ACL yep. in training just last week. That's um, Berg, what's your what's your thoughts on this one here? Um, well, I know I, I I don't know if it's a if it's a compound interest of um, you know all the games in the Premier League and not having enough rest before training to the World Cup. I don't know what happened, but yeah, he injured the ACL after destroying Haiti for nothing. Mm. So it's very unfortunate, but you know, I think Argentina is pretty, pretty, pretty heavy in terms of, you know, the midfielders in the squad. So, you know, I think they'll be fine without him. But in terms of, like, the death of the bench, um, I don't know. I think they'll still be fine, too. I think they have the squad. I mean, in terms of attacking midfield, I think they're they're more than ready to go in that department. But it just brings some more instability to the midfield in general where, I mean, in my opinion, they've been struggling in for the past, like, five, six years almost because yeah. – you need not only defensive midfielders in the form of Mascherano, but you also need someone who's comfortable on the ball to help make the decisions to, you know, guide the playmaking of this team towards the back end. And you know, I mean, there's a lot to lose here. As long as you have Messi on a team, no one else matters. <laughs> <laughs> See, we'll, we'll get into this more in a little bit. Um, but what other news do we have today, Berg? What you got for us? Um, so I was digging up, <laughs> digging up topics like two days before, you know, pre-podcast production and, you know, interesting news. Well, that and, you know, I was playing pickup and we were talking about Madrid and some interesting conversation came up and then I decided to dig in a little bit to, you know, verify the facts. So, you know, Ronaldo, I mean, it was... 
we knew that Ronaldo was going to leave Madrid after, you know, this year. But supposedly what happened here that he he wants a, you know, he in order for him, in order for Madrid to actually keep him, he wanted him and his agent, Jorge, Jorge Mendez, wanted a, you know, an eye-watering salary of $1.35 million a week. Ooh. That would actually make him the highest-paid athlete in the world. So <laughs> that's, some crazy, that's some crazy wage demand um, from, from Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't know if that's – I don't know if he's doing that on purpose just because he wants to leave and he wants to – and he's proposing, like, an outrageous – um, contract just so we can just 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 so we can give Madrid you know more reason to actually get rid of him. I don't know if that's done strategically, but that's just a lot of money. You know, you're right, and there's I forget how exactly it works in La Liga, but there there is some form of a salary cap in that um, the way it actually works is your your team's net revenue. So let's say Real Madrid. Um, Mm -hmm. the amount of money that they make every year, only a certain percentage of that is allowed to be given in terms of salary to the players. So let's say Madrid makes, I don't know, 500 million in one year. There's a rule in there saying, okay, you can only give, um, X percent in terms of salary to your players. So the, the, this rule actually impacted Barcelona a few years ago where Messi wanted a new contract. And of course his agent. Um, kind of bumped up his number a lot, and the club was actually unable to deliver that. Huh. So hey, we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's, it's um, Spain has some interesting, um, I guess, guideline and structures into how they, you know, to deal with, um, you know, their their wages and whatnot. Um, it's funny because that conversation came up after our pickup game, and you know, people are. We're talking about why Ronaldo's living. And one of the main reasons, like somebody brought this up. It's I don't know, it's all rumors, guys. I don't know. We, I don't have any facts on this, but supposedly Ronaldo owes about seventy two millions in, in taxes. Oh he has not paid. And I guess, you know, because he's been doing so well for Madrid, he's been bringing a lot of titles. Uh, a lot of titles to Madrid, and in terms of you know bringing a lot of a lot to Madrid, not just in terms of um, football um, prize, but also with you know his brand as well. He's I'm, I'm pretty sure Madrid makes a lot of money off him from his brand. So he was asking <laughs> Florentino to pay the seventy <laughs> million for him. <laughs> I don't know what kind of you know relationship this guy has with Florentino, but just. Just the thought of, you know, the 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 audacity to <laughs> ask the president of the club to pay, you know, the that 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 seventy million in taxes that he supposedly allegedly hasn't paid yet is crazy to me. So that I, one of this one of the reason that he wants to leave. Then he's saying that hey, you know, if I have to deal with all this issue, you know, have to deal with. Um, you know, potentially going to jail because I haven't paid those, those, you know, numbers, those, 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 that amount of money for taxes. Hey, you know, I don't want to deal with that. I've already won plenty of titles in Madrid. You know, if you can't help me out with those 72 millions, you know, Hey, I'm out. (laughs) I don't want to have to do community service. 
Oh, all that stuff. Jeez, that is that is something else, man. Only in Madrid that happens. Remember, remember that. Well, no, that happened with with Messi too. Remember that oh, time true. when Messi, um, you know, they were saying that Messi, they were accusing Messi of tax evasion. Yeah, yeah, no, I do remember that. I do remember that. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you're rich and famous in Spain, apparently. But <laughs> hey, Florentino, why why don't you pay? Um, the seven two million dollars that I'm trying to avoid. Give me a solid. That's crazy. And hey, if there's anyone on earth that would do it, it is Perez. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. What else we got here? Possible reasons why Zinedine Don left Real Madrid. We got into this a little bit last time, but let's get a little bit more deep into it. What's your thoughts on it? So you- um, last week when we talked about it, you know, I think I said, I said that you know he he already won everything that he needed to win with a team, so why not leave the club on a high note, right? You know, it's valid reason. I would do the same thing. Now that I'm I'm digging a little deeper, I'm reading more articles, and it turns out you know it's not all that I you know we thought it was. So I'm. I'm, I read that, you know, that he's been battling, he's been battling with Florentino, you know, over two signings. First, he wanted, you know, he wanted Florentino to push for the Eden Hazard um, contract. That's number one. Eden, I mean, Florentino didn't want anything to do with that because Florentino thought that the youth squad is enough to be in the next starting 11, which apparently Zidane thought, you know, those, you know, the, the youth players, you know, they, 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 they weren't up to the task. The second reason Florentino wanted, he wanted Navas to be gone. Oh yeah. And I'm not surprised because I don't, I don't think he likes, he doesn't like, you know, Navas. Why? Because Navas doesn't fit into, you know, his galactical, good-looking, marketing <laughs> kind of guy that Florentino kept bringing to the club for the past 10 years. So he doesn't fit into that, into that philosophy. So that's why Florentino wanted him gone so he can bring De Gea, because De Gea is very marketable. As opposed to Navas, mm-hmm. not so much. And Zidane kept refusing you know, to push for that contract because, you, you know, Nava, you know, Nava, you've seen Navas play. Like, the guy has been terrific for Madrid for the past, what, like three, four years? Yeah. Why, why get a new keeper? And third reason is everyone's leaving. <laughs> they said Benzema's <laughs> leaving. They said Bale's leaving. Well, Madrid's leaving. So he has to, like you were saying last week, like he has to, like, we built a squad. I'm um, just squad. <laughs> I can't talk today. He has to rebuild the squad from the ground up, and I don't think that he wants to do that because there's just so much drama in the locker room right now in Madrid. Yeah, I actually, um, I got a quote for you directly mm. from Zinedine Zidane, who gave this press conference just last week. He says, "I made the decision to step down. I know it's weird, but this team needs a change to keep winning." They need a different perspective, a different way of doing things, and that is why I decided to leave. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, it's, it's weird, right? So as a coach, that's your job to rebuild the team. You need, that's what I mean. So I think Florentino's making the job very hard for him because, you know, he won't let him sign players that he wants to sign. And he doesn't agree with the players that Florentino wants to sign. So there's a, there's a, there's a fight there between the coach and the president. So, you know, it's, it's not a, that's why he chose to leave. Yeah, and I mean, just to bring it back to the whole um, Nava situation, don't forget that just a few years ago, there was actually a deal that was signed for uh, swapping Navas with David De Gea, and the only reason it didn't go through is because the transfer window closed. And the, the papers were actually sent, but the fax machine sent the papers late. You kidding. Why it didn't go through, yeah. Wow. So this, this has been ongoing for three, four years now. But what didn't wasn't didn't Zidane put his foot down and said he doesn't want the Hea to be at the club? He yeah, I think that was this is this was before Zidane's time at Madrid, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was when Ancelotti was still there. Hmm. So very very interesting times. Man, Florentino, that <laughs> as a businessman, man, the guy's brilliant. And this club, it's. It's so profitable, which is it's, it's which is amazing because they. I feel like at times they make these signings, these big signings, just to get the headlines. Yeah, Prime Reyes, Thomas Rodriguez, four years ago, there was absolutely no need for him at the club, but they just saw how much money he would make and brought him in. Somebody was telling me that I never actually believed it. You know, someone tell me, "Yo, you haven't noticed that." Almost every single player in the Madrid team is good-looking and marketable. You haven't noticed that? I was like, no, what are you talking about, man? You, you must be out of your damn mind. And then I, they said, yeah, man, that's the galactical method. And then I sat down and think about it. And I was like, oh, my God. That is so <laughs> That's why they didn't want Makelele, Makelele on the team. True, true, true. All right, so what what else we got this week, man? We got some fun stuff going on, don't we? Um, well, you know, I have a so we can. I don't know if you have any other topic, but we can transition into the World Cup a little bit. And if you don't have any topic aside from the World Cup, you know, I can proceed and I can ask you a question. All right, word. I think we should. We got eight groups here for the World Cup. Why don't we go each through them pretty quickly and say who do you think is going to win the group and who's going to be second up? So first group we have, Group A, with Egypt, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Uruguay. What's your thoughts on that one? Wait, question for you, though, before we start. Do you think Russia has what it takes to actually even make it to the knockout stage? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I saw a crazy stat the other day. I'll try to pull it up later. Apparently, there has only been one team in World Cup history that hasn't made it past the group stage, and that was South Africa in 2010. Mm. Uh, I think we're about to see our second one here. Mm. That's crazy. But speaking of Russia, I was I was reading, I was you know, doing some research. You know, their best World Cup actually was in um, 1966. Hmm. Um, well, you know, you know, well, at the time they were the Soviet Union, and they were fourth place in the group and um the advance i think as russia as russia so they they made it far as soviet union in 1966 but as russia 
they've never actually made it past the group stage. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. So, well, we can't count them out either because who would have thought that South Korea would have actually made it to the semifinal in 2002, right? So, that's very true, yeah. So I don't think Russia is going to make it past. I mean, actually, you know what? Let me, oh, my God. So it's, it's two teams that can actually make it past. Yeah. Okay. So you have Russia, Uruguay, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia. Oh, my God. I would say, I would say Russia and Uruguay. Oof. Why? Just because it's the home team and they probably going to be more motivated than any other team out there to actually make it past. Because it will be humiliating if they don't make it in the group stage. And Vladimir, <laughs> Vladimir Putin would not, would not like that either. <laughs> so <laughs> they have more motivation <laughs> than the rest of the players. I'm going to roll with Uruguay taking the top spot. Mm. Um, you know what? Now that you bring it up, the fans and all that, Russia does have a chance. And another interesting um, kind of tidbit I learned from another podcast is the Russian team is a lot better than what we think it is because in these Russian domestic clubs, like in the Russian league, yeah, those owners are so rich that when a big European club calls comes calling for their players to try to buy them, they just offer them exorbitant amount of money. And because of that, they stay. So just because we don't know some of these names, it doesn't mean they're not good players. Good enough. Okay. But I'm still sticking with my guns. I'm saying Egypt's going through. I think Mo Salah is going to power them back into the uh, knockout stages. So I'm wrong with Uruguay 1, um, Egypt 2. Okay. All right, Group B. We got Iran, Morocco, Portugal, Spain. Ooh. Well, we're going to go with the overwhelming favorite. Portugal and Spain. I think Spain's going to win the group. And Portugal is going to be second. I'm going to roll with you too, but don't be surprised if Iran gets a result or two. Uh, I know a few of my buddies are actually Persian, and they're raving about this team left and right. They're saying it's the most talented in decades, and I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe you could see a situation with maybe Spain seven points, Iran and Portugal both with four, Morocco with one, mm, okay. and maybe a team goes through on goal differential, but... That's my prediction right there. We'll see. We'll see. Imagine if Spain doesn't make it past this group. (laughs) That would be hilarious. Honestly, like, it's not... It's not for us to I mean, it could happen. It could happen. Hmm. But moving forward to Group C, we got Australia, Denmark, France, and Peru. Oh, that's hot. That's tough. I don't see how it's tough. I think this one's easy. No, well, I we know France gonna make it, but who else in that? Who else gonna make it other than France? I'm throwing Peru in there, man. The way they kicked out Chile in World Cup qualifications, exactly. this team is no joke. But you can you also can't count Denmark out. You can't count Australia out because they have World Cup experience. Peru doesn't. That's true. That is very, very true, which is why I can't wait for this tournament to get started. But who do you think is going through? Ah, man. I'll go with Denmark. Really? Just because. Okay. Who do they have on that squad? They have um, Ericsson, 
They got Erickson. I yeah, think Erickson that's about it. That's it? I think so. Man, we need to do our diligence to find out who's in that team. <laughs> <laughs> Not anyone else I know. And if I don't know them, I don't know if they're going to be producing come this World Cup. But Group D. Ooh, is another one that's tough. For... This one's interesting. Real, real interesting. Argentina, Croatia, Iceland, and Nigeria. Mm. I'm going to go with Argentina and Nigeria. You don't think Croatia's got enough firepower? I, I, I think Croatia got enough power, a firepower too. But it, it's funny because um, most of those teams, like, I don't, I'm not too sure about Iceland, but Argentina, Croatia, and Nigeria have tons of World Cup experience. That's true, but well, just, I mean, not experience, but they have World Cup culture in their in their football history. Yeah, but look at what Iceland did in the Euros just two years ago. I mean, they made an incredible run, and they didn't have much experience at all. Hmm. That's, I forgot about that. That's true. I'm I'm gonna roll with Argentina and. You're going to go with Croatia? I'm going to go with Croatia. I have to. I have to. Yeah, they, but have, they have firepower in that team. I, I honestly cannot give you a prediction on who's going to finish first and second because... Oh, come on. You know Argentina's got... They have, Argentina has to finish first in that group, man. They always have slow starts, man. They always start tournaments well, slow. Well, maybe they learned from, from four years ago. But here, here's also the other thing. It might be in their benefit for them to finish second because I've been filling out some brackets and whatnot. And <laughs> Already. If Argentina does finish first in their group, in, of the 32 teams, you know, the, it's split up like 16 on one bracket, 16 on another. Mm-hmm. If Argentina finishes first, they will be in the same bracket side as both Spain and Germany. And both mm. those teams, I think, will destroy them. Mm. Ah. Well, let, oh, let me say this. As, as a power, as a country who has a, like, who has a lot of World Cup history, it's in their best interest to finish the group first. Because the fans are not going to like it. If you if you finish second, because it doesn't look good on you, and if you're the powerhouse and you want to make it to the final, it doesn't matter who shows up. You gotta beat them. You can't be strategical because you know if you're going for second, that's not good for the for the team mentally. That's very true. You have to you have to come up on top. Hmm. All right. Well, we got Group E here. Brazil, Costa Rica, Serbia, and Switzerland. Ooh, that one's easy. How, how, do, you, how do you think it's easy? <laughs> I think Brazil and Costa Rica. Actually, yeah. I'm going to say <laughs> the same. Yeah, I mean, Brazil, they're looking flawless. Yeah, they from are. Front I, to I, I don't know. I don't know if they're looking flawless. They're looking, honestly, hey, they're better winning. than any other team out here. They're winning. But I, I watched two of their games. You know, they're not really looking that flawless. You know, it's it's a little, you know, it's a it's it's a little. What's the word that I'm looking for? You know, it's not smooth a victory. You know, it's like it's almost like you know they some goals are lucky, some goals like they they grind it out. But like, it's not it's not smooth yet. I saw that Lamar last goal like. 
it's almost like he looks like he's toying with defenders. Oh yeah, yeah. He put that guy on the floor, man. Bro. He put that guy on. A, I, I don't know what that guy was doing. Like contained the dude. Like the dude basically just like you know what? He collapsed. I'm drop. I mean, <laughs> he literally collapsed. He like, collapsed. I'm medical like, emergency, you man. Stay on your feet, bro. Oh jeez. All right. Well, we both agree on that one. Let's move to Group F: Germany, oh God, Mexico, that South one's hard. Korea, and Sweden. That one, that one's hard for the sec. The uh, we know Germany's making it, yeah. But between Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea, shh, that's hard. Mexico, they they can be surprising um, in both ways, right? They can pull out a result against mm-hmm. the best of teams, but they can also wet the bed for the whole group stage and be on their way out. Um, Sweden, very interesting, leading, leaving Zlatan out of their squad because uh, they've been playing better without him. Well, so lots of interesting things here. Which is, which is funny to me how they've been playing better without him because he's a forward. He doesn't have any – I don't say he doesn't have any say, but he um, – you know, the, the buildup is not coming from him. Yeah. So – I don't understand why you would leave him out. I'm just going off of what I've seen in the past. I'm going Germany one, Mexico two. Yeah, me too. Oh, oh man, we can't count South Korea out, man. Sorry, they're out. <laughs> we should write this down to see if we're right. Actually, we, I, yeah, we don't need to write this down. I think I'm going to remember. Oh, it's also a podcast, bro. We could. We oh, could yeah. We <laughs> well, forgot about that. <laughs> but Group G, Belgium, England, Panama, and Tunisia. Mm, ah, well, that's, that's, that's easy. How is this one easy, bro? Come on, man. It's Belgium and England. Panama just made their first World Cup. And Tunisia, I don't know anything about Tunisia. Well, yeah, we just, uh, of course, to the listeners, man, we're just going, I'm, I'm basing this on fi- um, powerhouse in terms of the squad and World Cup culture. And, I mean, I guess I'm basing and, this off pretty much the same things. And honestly, who I want to go through, I want some exciting teams out here. I'm not going to vote for no boring teams out here, which is why, I don't know, England. I'm England not has to make it. They have to make it. I am not sold. Just look at you. You look sold. at. Somebody. I haven't watched. Okay, I haven't watched any of the games, so I don't. I don't any of the English English team games, so I don't know. What's there to watch, man? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you have Marcus Rashford. Okay. You have what's that? You have um, what's his name? Oh my God! You have um, Tottenham dude. I'm I'm blinking out on his name. Oh, uh, so Delhi. Deli oh Ali, huh? Deli Ali, De- he he's on the team too. But the striker, why am I? Oh, oh Kane, bro, Kane's in the team. They stack on midfielders, you know. So, they, fam, they can't. You have Mar- Marcus Rashford. You have a. Uh, oh my God, um, he's the other skinny kid from Manchester United. I'm oh, uh, Lingard. Right now. Lingard. Lingard's in the team. No, you have you have some promising young talent in that team, man. See, I, I look at all these teams, and I look at Argentina leaving 
you know, Paulo Dybala out of the squad in Germany. Wait, what? Oh, oh no, no, not Dybala. Icardi. I mean, Icardi. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna which say. is also outrageous. But um, And you look at Germany, you know, leaving Leroy Sané out and, and Spain leaving Cesc Fabregas out. And you well, look Spain at, can't leave Cesc Fabregas out, man. Come on. But here's the thing. All of those teams, they're so deep that they have to make these tough decisions. And I'm looking at England, the toughest decision they've had to make is to leave Jack Wilshire out of the squad. And the one of their starting, which is hopefully going to be starting um, wingbacks in the tournament, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's never even played for England prior to this, this stack of friendly matches that we've had right here. Listen. This is his, his competitive debut. Yeah, but why did he get that role? Because honestly, who else in front of him is better? Oh, yeah, you brought a good point. But I just thought he got that role because of his amazing performance in the Champions League and and in the Premier League this year. Yeah, but for these these world class teams, it takes more than that to get in the squad. It really does. It takes more than one year of proving yourself. It's it's going to take a multitude of performances of the highest level, especially when you're going to the World Cup. And that's your first option, and he hasn't so even played yet. Basically, you're saying that he doesn't, the, England doesn't have enough World Cup experience in the squad. I'm saying they just don't have the raw talent. Oh, that's disrespectful. Right, <laughs> you could say the same thing for France. Listen, France has talent, man. They do have talent, but look at uh, also look at France, who they left out of the World Cup. Lacazette isn't going, right? Karim Benzema's not going. Well, Karim Benzema, you know, he, he has some personal issue with that. Yeah, that's not really appropriate for this podcast. But um, I'm going to say Belgium won, despite everything I said, England too. <laughs> <laughs> we just had a 5 minutes conversation. I bet you just look at who else is on that, that group and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Panama, don't, don't be surprised, man. Don't be surprised. I want them to cause an upset again, just like they did against the U.S. Oh, okay, next group. <laughs> group, H. group H. We got Colombia, Japan, Poland, and Senegal. Ooh, that one's hard. I'm going to have to roll with Colombia just has a knack of showing up at the World Cup hot. I'm going to go with them one. And Poland, they do have some talent, and they have a great striker in Lewandowski who has proven with Dortmund that he can carry a team. That's just one guy. If needed. So I'm going to have to roll. Can, can Robert Lewandowski single-handedly no. beat the likes of Japan and Senegal? Flat out, no. <laughs> you don't <laughs> think so? Tell you flat out, no. I don't think so. Because he's a striker. He's not. If he was a midfielder, I would I – would, you know, have a definite opinion, but he's a striker. Plays or not, he's not building up the play. He's receiving. If the, the midfielders are doing a great job, yeah, but single-handedly, no. But because I had picked Colombia to make it, what did we bet on last week? I don't think we, we made a decision. Oh, we haven't. I think I we think did. We, I have to listen we? to the podcast to figure out what, <laughs> what we talked about. <laughs> But I'm going with Colombia and Japan here. Interesting. Why? 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 Japan, Japan has, you know, World Cup history, man. All right. All right. 
I'm yeah. going with them. Okay. I can't say my predictions are any more uh, accurate, but we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. It's my gut feeling. I want an upset, and I don't want the upset to come from Group B. <laughs> and uh, Group B and Group E. Who's in uh, Oh, Brazil. Yeah. Brazil and Portugal. I don't want that. Up- or Spain. I don't want th- those kind of upset. Too. That's too early. Yeah. Argentina can get knocked out of the state, out of the group. Oh, I don't, I don't really care. Oh. <laughs> Let's fall back a little bit. Let's fall back. Uh, what else? Uh, what else we got for the listeners this week? That's, that's about all I have. It's unfortunate I won't be able to watch the first game because I'm gonna be in anatomy lab. Mm, yeah, I think. Let me check my class schedule. I think I'll have class. Uh, yeah, I'll be watching that first game, bro. Lit. Uh, Nice, nice, nice. I have anatomy at one, and I have to leave my house super early, so that's not going to happen. Yeah, I just know that for the next month and a half, um, if any of my friends are listening, um, don't hit me up unless you're trying to watch World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's what's going down. Cool, cool. What? Well, that's about all we have for today. Next week, guys, we're going to have a guest on the podcast. Yeah, we have a very, very special guest. She is a strength and conditioning coach for a few um, soccer teams, um, both youth and um, rising up in age as well. And we are going to be answering any and of all questions that you have for us. So if you guys do have any questions, please let us know. Um, we'd be happy to ask her right here on the fantasy doctors soccer podcast for you. Um, just shoot either one of us a message on social media. Uh, my handle is the football physios and Berg. What's your handle? My handle is the soccer obsessed. All right. Word. And please give us five star review and yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.